Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Belly up to my bar. Let's have a little chat. It is Tuesday. Uh, there will not be a podcast tomorrow. I'm going to spend the entire day uh, at St. Vincent's going up for two Steelers shows, and I don't have anywhere to record in between. I'll get home late at night and arranging some babysitting and stuff for the kids, so there will not be a show tomorrow. I'm thinking Thursday will be Twitter Thursday. Uh, we'll have to see on that, but in the meantime, I have a kind of a different one today, and it's a project I'm working on for The Score. For those of you who don't know, I write two articles a week for thescore.com. Uh, they're based in Canada, and their claim to fame is really their app. Their app is awesome for up-to-date news and scores and those type of things. Um, but they're really building their site, and I'm like their lead NFL dude. Um, so I've been writing for them for a while, and the, this week's assignment from them is something I thought you guys would like, and then give some more exposure to them, too, to go check it out and read it, is they asked me to do three coordinators from each conference that are new to their team, that are highly interesting, you know, I mean, that are really um, difference makers, or really guys to watch. Um, I turned in the AFC version Sunday night, and it's already live on the site. I will turn in the NFC version tonight. I just finished doing the nuts and bolts of it, and I'll proofread it. For those of you who don't know, I mean, one of my tricks, and I think a lot of people do this that are writers, is you write the nuts and bolts of it, thousand words or whatever, and then I always walk away from it for a while. Like, I'll write it this morning, I'll turn it in tonight. And then the second time you're reading through it, like, wow, what was I thinking there? That doesn't sound right. You know, I mean, so just pull back the curtain a little bit with my articles. Something I do is, in the, the last one is the proofreading idea of it. But I always walk away from it for a while. But anyway, AFC has been turned in. NFC will be turned in tonight, and it will be live Thursday or Friday. Um, but my AFC coordinators, either side of the ball, first one, and it's just alphabetical order, it's three of each, is Cleveland. Greg Williams. You can already see it in their preseason game. I mean, he is going to bring an attitude, a nastiness. Everyone knows about Bounty Gate. Fine. I mean, that's water under the bridge. But, I mean, this is a guy that learned his craft back from Buddy Ryan, you know, who's about as most aggressive a defensive coach as you will find in the history of the game. I mean, coming after people. Uh, being physical, laying the lumber, you know, the, that is a major aspect of what Williams does. But he's not just a bully. I mean, he's not just trying to beat people up. He is a very, very good defensive mind as well. Um, they are blitz heavy. But man, I think his experience, attitude, the way he approaches the game is exactly what a really young, talented, impressionable Browns defense needs. Um, he's more of a 4-3 guy. You know, Ray Horton employed more of a 3-4 there with Shelton as their nose. 
Now Shelton's going to be more of a defensive tackle. Uh, obviously, falling into Miles Garrett as a great, any kind of player, but a, a, a true stud 4-3 defensive end with Ogba now on the other side. Uh, there's a lot of options now up front, and I think their linebackers are quite good. You know, something that Williams did too was take Mark Barron, a safety, and turn him into an active linebacker. I think in time, that's what they have in mind for Jabril Peppers. So, one of the worst defenses in 2016. I think they're going to play with a much tougher edge to them, much more aggression, certainly more talent. I mean, you got Jamie Collins and those type of guys too. Um, I think they'll be noticeably better, and Williams will have a lot to do with that. Another guy to really talk about in the AFC is Mike McCoy going from San Diego's head coach to Denver's offensive coordinator. Um, and before that, he was Denver's offensive coordinator. <laughs> so, and, you know, he, he coached guys like Kyle Orton, Tim Tebow, Peyton Manning. That was his era in Denver the first go-round before becoming the head guy in San Diego. And it's easy to say... Man, you weren't a very good head coach in San Diego. And maybe he wasn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a that's a possibility because they lost a lot of close games. Um, they also dealt with a lot of injuries on the offensive line and the wide receiver position, and that organization is still doing that. But I think he did a really good job with Rivers working, you know, correlating with Rivers getting the ball out of Rivers' hands more, getting, you know, playing to the playing to the weaknesses of the team and that they didn't have a lot of deep threats and they certainly didn't have the protection to deal with that. So they used Rivers' mind more, get it out quick. Now he's got his hands cut out for, I mean, he's got his work cut out for him in Denver, though. I mean, that offensive line's going to be up and down. Their quarterback position is a real, real problem. And I'm curious to see... If McCoy's, you know, the addition of McCoy pays off big or not for these guys, I would be shocked if it pays off big. But I do think he's the right man for the job and certainly could be beneficial for sure. All right, last one I wanted to discuss in the AFC also deals with the Chargers. This time it's Gus Bradley, another failed head coach going back to what he does best in charge of the defense in L.A. now. Um, dude, he, he won like 22% of his games as a head coach in Jacksonville. Just horrible. And when he left, they looked a little better last year. Now, I'm not saying Bradley's a bad coach. I think he's an excellent defensive coach, and Jacksonville's defense was starting to come around. A lot of it was because of massive infusion of talent, too. But for those of you who don't know, Bradley is a Seahawks disciple, and he installed a Seahawks-like defense in Jacksonville and is doing the same with the Chargers. Um, it's a cover three, you know, single high. Uh, most people make the misconception that it's all zone. It isn't. They play a lot, a lot of man, and these teams that are, you know, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Seattle even, have all started to shift towards more man coverage than they did in their day, too, as the league is going. So I think some interesting fits here. Like, I really thought they would take Malik Hooker, because I think the free safety in this defense, as Earl Thomas has proven time and time again, 
is, you know, instrumental. And they don't really have that guy. They're not terrible at safety, but I thought having a single high difference maker was the right pick to make as opposed to Mike Williams. They didn't go that way. They're really good at corner. Casey Hayward, Jason Verrett. But they're not Richard Sherman-like guys either. You know, they're smaller, quicker, feisty, get-in-your-grill, man coverage guys. Um, So I'm curious how he used plays to their strengths as opposed to having Richard Sherman-like corners. Uh, And do they try to change that? I I don't think you mess with what you have there. It's a really good group. Um, I have less concerns the closer to the ball you get, although Perryman just got injured. I like Perryman a lot. I mean, he's not exactly Bobby Wagner, but he is a physical inside linebacker that I thought was an up-and-coming player. But you look at their defense, and I think Bosa is ideal for the Michael Bennett role. You know, that he can be outside, he can line up over guards, uh, power player, really physical size, uh, technique. He's going to be a phenomenal player. And I think Melvin Ingram is ideal for the Cliff Averill role. And on the inside, they're okay. You know, they're they're decent. Um, That's not going to be a Seattle-like defense, but I do think it'll be improved. I do think it'll be a lot of fun to watch of how he utilizes everybody, especially the corners. But that's a nice pickup for the Chargers. I mean, that's a quality defensive coordinator. All right, so now we move to the NFC side of things. And the three coordinators I picked there started in alphabetical order with uh, with Sark, Steve Sarkazian. He takes over for... A masterful job by Kyle Shanahan last year in Atlanta. It's a tough gig. I mean, the bar is set unrealistically high. You know, that all five of Atlanta's offensive linemen played the entire year. You know, play the entire, you know, that's not going to happen. And I don't think the depth there is that good. Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback, but my hunch is that's going to be his best year of his career. Julio Jones is another superstar, but I don't think the rest of their receivers are all that great. And Jones has a, a lot of injury history. He always seems to be battling something with his feet. Um, the backs are great. I think Hooper's a, a breakout guy. But I also don't think that uh, a well-respected coordinator, obviously, but he doesn't have a lot of NFL experience, never called plays at the NFL level. I don't know how anyone could expect him to do what Kyle Shanahan did there. I mean, there was a lot of different formations, fullbacks, multiple tight ends, um, a lot of motion. Everything, of course, goes off that outside zone scheme, which worked really well. Play action, um, Matt Ryan working out of the no huddle, some deep shots, some movement from the quarterback. A lot of pre-step motion. Um, I just don't, you know, a lot of a really good job of utilizing both backs on the field together and getting Freeman or more likely Coleman really good one-on-one matchups in the passing game. I don't know that Sarkeesian is going to be able to keep that up or adjust during games as well as Kyle Shanahan did, minus the Super Bowl. So, you know, these are noteworthy changes, not necessarily you know, uh, um, positive additions. And I'm not down on <clears throat> on Sark at all. I mean, it, it's just the shoes are gigantic to fill in Atlanta. And uh, I'd be shocked if he does. Now, the last two that I picked from the NFC are really a team in the news right now is both sides of the ball for the Rams. Um, 
we talked a little about the Sammy Watkins trade, and I really think it's important that you realize what the Rams' ownership front office is doing right now is the second they hired or fired Jeff Fisher, which could be addition by subtraction in this way of thinking too, everything was geared toward making Jared Goff's life easier. He was a monumental flop in year one. He really should never been on the field. So I don't know that you can hold it that terrible, terrible performance against him as much as some will. But what did the Rams do? I think they're really smart about this. Is get Fisher out of there. Bring in the young 31-year-old in McVay from over from Washington, where he learned a lot under under Gruden, Josh Gruden. Um, and then after that, you go sign Whitworth. Firm up the most important position on the line, which is a disaster. And he's going to be a positive influence in the meeting room and with a young offense overall. Then you signed Robert Woods, who's a quality player, but you knew you still needed your one, and he didn't really have those options until recently. And you make the the Sammy Watkins trade. Um, I think Gurley's going to benefit from all this tremendously. I think he'll be the foundation of the offense. Gurley's a much better back than anyone McVay had to work with in Washington. Their line isn't going to be as good as the Washington line, but it'll be better. I think it'll be serviceable. And now with Watkins, I think the weapons are similar, you know, but you're going to see a lot of multiple tight end sets and they hope that Higby or Everett turns into a a Jordan Reed-like chess piece. You're going to see a lot of Gurley, I think. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, play action. They use a lot of pre-snap motion to help the quarterback read the defense. They're really good at isolating their best weapons one-on-one. I think Gurley's role as a receiver could grow a little bit. Um, so I'm really, I think this is a really good marriage. And of course, it's all on Goff's shoulders. But now the lo- now it's just an easier load to carry than it was last year. Um, also, it's noteworthy that actually the coordinator is Matt Lafleur, and Lafleur was the quarterback coach for three years with McVay in Washington, and in the past two years in Atlanta. So some of the things I just said about Sark and the Falcons' offensive staff, I think LaFleur will influence some of that. But make no mistake, I mean, it is McVay's offense. Well, part of the reason it's McVay's offense is because it's going to be Wade Phillips' defense. And how about this? When McVay was born... Wade Phillips had already been coaching in the NFL for 10 years. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's going to be his defense. He has a remarkable history of getting to a new city, a new team, and immediately jump-starting their, their defense. Um, he's had, in the last 11 years, his defense has been in the top 10 in yardage allowed, which isn't the best stat, 10 times, 10 out of the last 11 years. I mean, this is one of the all-time great coordinators. He also has head coaching experience, which I think will be beneficial to a young McVay as well. The concern, and I think it's unfounded, was, boy, this is a really good 4-3 defense the last couple of years. Aaron Donald's your three technique. You got guys like Quinn as your edge rushers, um, active on the second level. Why would you go hire a 3-4 coach and mess with something that's actually working for the, the Rams organization? Well, the reasoning behind it is you can call it whatever you want, 
But Phillips is still going to ask Donald Quinn, these guys, to be upfield, one-gapping, penetrating players. And he has a great history of finding, you know, how to best utilize his personnel for many, 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 many years. Many, many years. Ten years before McVay was born. Um, So I don't think it's going to slow down Aaron Donald. They're not all of a sudden going to turn him into Vince Wilfork or Casey Hampton. That's not going to happen. I think Robert Quinn will be... Uh, really benefited from this if he can stay healthy. I think you'll see him from a two-point stance a lot more. Um, they're very high on their corners, and they just traded one. But certainly they do not have a secondary that resembles Denver's at all. I mean, and preferably he wants to be an attacking defense with a lot of man coverage behind it. If we can take a massive leap of faith and say, Boy, the Rams might be almost complete on offense. I mean, that's a massive leap of faith if Goff hits and all those things. I would think that there will be in the market for corners and safeties um, this offseason. But I know they do really like their guys. But, I mean, there's no Chris Harris or Aqib Talibs there. So, I hope you guys like this. Leave me some feedback on iTunes. Drop me a line at Williamson NFL. Nothing tomorrow. Thursday might be Twitter Thursday. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.